This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Hey, hello, Steelers Nation. How are we doing? Marvelous. Well, that's just fantastical because it is the top of the one o'clock hour. And that does mean that we are in the second half of today's show. Stills but simulcasting on Stills Nation Radio and ESPN 970. And baby, it's been a heck of a first hour. We've been, you know, talking about the sustainability of the Pittsburgh Steelers, what we've been seeing from them on offense, what we've been seeing from them on defense. We talked a little Patrick Sertan, the second. The Potentially second? being Wait, what's, traded. What's his middle name? I don't know. That's you, the middle name guy. You know that. Yeah, that's definitely your thing, man. But, um, you know, we've been talking about a couple of things, but we've also – been requesting thoughts, comments, and concerns from the power grid, the megawatts. We always say the best way to hit us up is on the twitter.com at dabody52 and at Wesley Euler. The gooder. And uh, it looks like y'all have been a part of it. Oh, no doubt. Y'all have been participating. Y'all have been giving us your thoughts, your comments, your concerns, and your feedback. So, with that being the case, uh, is Big Red available? He I know it's a little bit early right now. Sure is Big Red is all the way from Kansas City. Time's yours. Which is technically in Missouri, right? I wonder if he lives on the Kansas side or the Missouri, the Missouri side. side. That's the, the question. Because uh-huh. it's literally like right there. Because I almost said from Kansas, and then I was like, wait yeah. a second. No, that's one of those weird geography uh-huh. things that we do in this country. You know, I feel like they're Kansas, Missouri, though. Correct. I At least like, like that, where Arrowhead yeah. State right. is. Arrowhead is, is in, in Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Yes. Yes. In terms of where his personal now, he could home live. establishment like, is, I, I don't it's know. It's kind of like Cincinnati, right? Like yeah. Joe Burrow lives in Kentucky. Correct. But the stadium is in Ohio. But the stadium is in Cincinnati. Uh-huh. But or, that's because yeah, like, Cincinnati. Right, yeah. literally you can see Kentucky from, Correct. from downtown Cincinnati. Well, it's like a little bridge. It's like, oh, that's the bridge. I take it to Kentucky right That's there. just because Joe Burrow's a good Appalachian guy who wants to live down there in Kentucky. Ain't that wrong with the little Appalachian people? It's probably just for taxes reasons, but I digress. And he tweets us. It says, uh, while we may wish we were a bullet train or the hare, the little engine that could and the tortoise also finish the race. Winning ugly counts the same as winning pretty. Not sure how this season will end, but love the fight in this team. Shout out to the tortoise and hare reference, man. That's a good one. You can never lose sight of that. It's not given to the person that is the swiftest, but the person that has the most durability, the one that can weather the storm, the one that can be slow and steady and get us to the finish line. Mm-hmm. You'll love to see it. That's it. There's I mean, a, there was plenty of times, though, where that hair, it did like it was going to blow him out. If the game would have stopped at this particular moment, it would have been a blowout. The race would have been over. The hair would have won. If it would have stopped at any point in time prior to the actual race being completed, whoo, child, tell you. <laughs> child, tell you. But just like in football, just like the game of life, it doesn't just stop. It does not. Ahead of time. You have to complete said game. Four quarters, the same way that tortoise and hair had to complete said race. And shout out to the tortoise out there. Mm-hmm. Team Turtle. 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 Watch the uh, new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie on Ooh, the way home, by cowabunga. the way. Cowabunga. Mutant Mayhem. Mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised. You Because I'm a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles purist, okay. okay? That and the Power Rangers were my favorite growing up. And I was like, I don't want to watch this new animated Ninja Turtle nonsense. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Respect. Yeah. Respect. Jackie Chan's in it. Ice mm. Cube's in it. Today was a good day. Paul Rudd's in it. Shout out to Paul. Maya Rudolph is in it. Shout out to Maya. Seth Rogen's Shout in out it. To Seth. It was good. It was good. It was a good watch. It was funny. It made me laugh. That's good, it. You didn't give me nobody else? I was trying to think of who else. I was about to say, come on, man. I feel like there is a big name person that I'm missing that was in it. 
It's all good. We'll shout them out anyways. But yeah, if shout I think, out. You know, shout out to that person. Doug tweets us and says, if the offense improves, great. If they stay the same, that's fine too. As long as we're winning, I don't care what it looks like. Just whatever it takes. Man, you sound like Al Davis, baby. Just win, baby, win. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Sounds Ain't nothing like, wrong with that at all. Uh, speaking of superhero characters, sounds like Captain America there. Ooh, what, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. He does say that, doesn't he? I was never a big Captain America guy. He's cool, though. Our buddy CR. Shout out to Steeler Nation Chicago. One time for the culture. Who? Who? Says morning, my Steeler brothers. Within. Now, I would say, you oh, know what, CR, technically it's the afternoon, nah, but he, he's, he, yeah. yeah, time zone. We'll let him slide with that one. Time's yours still. Uh, he says, is the glass half full or not? This 23 squad has a chance to do something special. You saw it in training camp in the preseason. Like an engine on the dynamo, uh, on the dyno, a little adjustment and we will be good to go. Keep calm and wave your terrible towel. There is still work to be done. Shout out to the dyno reference. If you know, you know. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Rod Dollar tweets us and says, y'all boys. Sherrilline in the house one time. Says, y'all boys ready for no shave November? Uh, no. <laughs> Rod. I, Absolutely not. You do not want to see me. The last time I went more than like two days without shaving my little stubble was during the during the height of the pandemic when no one was, like those first two weeks of lockdown. Yo. And I looked like... <laughs> You know, in the NHL teams, they grow their beards in the playoffs. Yes. But, like, there's those one or two guys on the team that are uh-huh. 18 years old and can't really yeah. grow a beard. Yeah. And so it just looks like someone's super glued, yeah. you know, like fake fake hair to their face. That's what I look like. Yeah. Hair from, like, your underarm they put on you. On Correct. Your yeah, there, there we go. Just, there just, we go. just cut armpit hair <laughs> and, and, and glue it right on yep, your face. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's picture how Sidney Crosby looked in 2008. All right, that's how I look when I try and grow facial hair. And see, my problem is Moats is much better than me. No, but my problem is my hair grows for about two weeks and then it just stops. All right, so then I get a little gray hair, a little gray hair, and it just it will get thick, but it won't get longer. So my problem is I'm already at about the two and a half week mark. So I can't go further than right now. Okay, so I'm gonna need to clean this up sure, before we sure. do any no shade in November. I just it's not a good look. I, and I also feel like I look 45 when my face hair gets thick like that. It's like the old man thick. It ain't a good I look. don't know if I look older or younger. I just look it, way more putzly. If I go no shave November, I look like Denzel Washington and he got game when he had the little afro, <laughs> the thick goatee, and the, like it wasn't long. Does that make me Jesus? Think about it. It wasn't long. It was super thick though. And the front was super thick. That's when I... You see me in Does court. Does that make me the Jesus? I mean, which which shoulders would you want to be? College visit shoulders work for you already in the league. Shoulders were fine. <laughs> if you know, you know. But, Wes, you see me in COVID. You seen the, the, the little box for you. seen mm-hmm. what it... Yeah. It, we both let ourselves go Yeah, over. man. It, it get real Denzel and he got game. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, we, used to, we used to laugh during the height of COVID. Like, Moats and I would dress up for each other. because It was an appearance day. Over over the course yeah. of a couple months, we were like the only... Other than our families, we were the only people. And Moats would be like, man, I just had to wear this new t-shirt for you today. I You're just, the only one who could see look, it. <laughs> I just wanted you to see me in the drip. That's it. I'd be like, Moats, check out these new jobs. That I, got, I just want you to, to, to see the drip. I ain't asked for much. Just check the drip out. You know, if I'm a risk at all. Yeah, I don't do no shave November. I don't do. What are some of the other things that people do? Dry yeah. January. I have sober heard October. That. What is that? Yeah. Bald head July. I don't know. That's the thing. No, I just oh, I had I like, makeup. Gosh. I just felt like I needed to make up something else for the summertime. I, th- I thought it was fly kick uh, October though. Well, fly kick October because well, you've been coming in with some heat. I've you know what we could do that I would get behind? Maybe you and I will start this. How about sleep in September? I can one thousand percent get behind. Work day doesn't that. start till ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. 
How about we do something, you know, sleep in September. That's going to be our new platform on the show here. Uh, Cuban Dan tweets us. Shout out. Dolly. From what I can see, we are on the right path. Outside of that Niners game, it seems like the defense is where it needs to be. If Kenny and the offense can continue to improve, we'll be escalating as we come into the playoffs. Trust the process, Steelers versus the world. You know my favorite thing about an escalator? It always goes down. It never breaks. It only becomes stairs. Unless you've seen Final Destination. Oh, now don't don't don't, don't listen. We got it. next time. Now if I get on an escalator the rest of this week, I'm well, gonna be thinking about think that. about when you get on and say you see the log truck uh, every time. Okay, every so, time. So so we just gonna every pick time and choose? I see the log truck, I either have to so, go so you 95 want, miles an so, hour to so get so past why you, it. So why you want to pick and choose which movie you want to believe because in? That's the one that I normally why? think of. Why? Pick and choose, huh? So yeah, for everybody that don't want to <sighs> ride behind log trucks, just know escalators can <sighs> kill you too. <laughs> All right, now you're gonna like this question <laughs> from Big Ron. <laughs> Big road tweets. The offense is only as good as the offensive line is. So if they keep getting better, I think we can keep winning, even if it has to be ugly. Also, I have a question for Mr. Motes. Are you a horror movie guy? And if so, what's your favorite? Listen, I love scary movies. In fact, I'm wearing wearing a Hellraiser t-shirt right now. Mr. Pincushion himself, Pinhead, my man. But um, yeah, man, I'm a wide variety Scary movie guy. In fact, I watch every scary movie they put on AMC during the month of October. Me and wifey is funny. She's like, you don't watch football? I'm like, I don't care about football. It's October. It's Halloween time. So it's literally a Halloween show. So I've been watching every Halloween, every Michael Myers movie, every Jason movie, every Freddy Krueger movie. Even the ones where you're like, bro, this is Jason X. This is crazy. I don't even believe this one. I still watch it. Conjuring, Annabelle's, love all of those movies, right? But my personal favorite, all-time favorite, it's the original Exorcism. The original one. Because when I saw it as a kid, it freaked me out. That's what really got me involved in the scary movie genre. And ever since then, man, I've been hooked. So I always go back to my classic. The same way when they ask, what's your favorite movie all the time? I'm like, yo, Batman was the first movie with Michael Keaton. It got me watching movies. So I go back to the original because there's so much I love in between Uh, there. I dig it. 1408 was just on the other day. Samuel Jackson, Mm -hmm. John Cusack. Man, uh, amazing scary movie. It's dope. But I'm like, yo, it's still a newer variety compared to the OGX. So I can't compare Takes you back those. to that feeling yeah. of being scared right. for, like that for the first time. Even though when you go back and watch it, you're like, yo, how was I actually scared of some of these graphics? Right. But at that time, you believed it. Oh, right? 100%. So, yeah, That's man. how Texas Chainsaw Massacre is for me. Oh, come on. You know I got to have a little leather face little in leather there, face. man. You got to have yeah. a little leather face. Oh, yeah. Scared the crap out of me when you I was know? like 10 years old. Absolutely, man. And, and I'm sure you had the good one, too. Correct. We, when we blow the head out in the back of the van, he's oh, like, yo, buddy. it's still a little wet down there. Yeah. Oh, you ain't one. That's the one. I know exactly what you're talking about, baby. Yeah. Saw is like that for me, Come too. Come on, man. Because I was like 12 like or 13 when game. Saw came out, and so that like really creep, creeped me out. Absolutely, bro. Yeah. Hey, what say you, though, man? Did, did he put in the comment section what his favorite was? No, Big Ron, tell us who your favorite yeah, horror movie Ron, is. Yeah, Big Ron, don't, don't, scary don't make this singular, okay? Yeah. This is a multifaceted we're an show. show right? We're interactive. I want to hear your thoughts, your comments, your concerns as well, player, player. <sighs> okay, so we got two from Dehev here. All right. I love the Buzz Lightyear the, and Woody. I was going to say. The f- I low-key feel like that's us, too. You're definitely more Woody than me. Because there's a snake in my boot. And I'm Buzz Lightyear because I feel like I'm ready to just do whatever I can take on the world. Yep. Even though Buzz don't always have the tools, he believes it, though. Arthur Moses, <laughs> you are a plaything. You are a child's toy. <laughs> I got elite confidence in myself. I mean, like, I got this infinity and beyond. Why not? Man, I made it to the NFL. If you could, you could do anything, man. All right, why not? <laughs> 
He's like, got to show it out of space. Hey, if I can make, I can make it anywhere, I'm all right. It's Buzz. Yeah. The first, qu- the first question from Dehab is a. Fu- I, you know what's funny is I actually think speaking of Big Ron, I think Big Ron asked us this last week. Mm-hmm. Favorite Halloween costume you ever had? Because we did yeah, answer this last yeah, week. And I told right? you about was, mine was the uh, the cards that my mom had made. The, yep. Your mom Trading made. Cards. Like we yep. were the playing cards. So I was the like Ace King, of Spades. Ace of Spades. Yeah. My sister was the uh, the Queen, Queen of, of Diamonds yeah, or something. She was Queen of Hearts. Queen of Hearts. Yeah. She was Queen of Hearts. I was the. Ace of Kings. That's what I was. Ace nice. of Kings. Nice. Yeah. Love mm-hmm. it. And I was the Riddler, Jim Carrey, yeah. you know, my favorite growing up. Um, that was my favorite one. The second from Dehev is a follow-up from Monday, okay? And now remember, you always joke about me being big time. Mm-hmm. Well, Dehev tweeted this on Monday at the end of the show when you were doing Steelers TV when you were being big time. Oh, stop it. So he wants a follow-up. The question was all-time Steelers defense of Mount Rushmore, mm-hmm. okay? And this is very difficult to do on the spot, but I had to do it on Monday. My answer was Mean Joe. Mel, Troy, Lambert. And that's tough, man. Because T.J. Watt, mm-hmm. Rod Woodson, Jack Ham. Yeah. I mean, Donnie Shell. There's just Hall of Famers upon Hall of Famers yeah. upon Debo and Defensive Players of the Year. But those were my four. All right. Um, let me think. My four. Joe Green. Give me Mel. Give me Lambert. And give me Debo. I'm going to go with I that. I yeah, dig it. I, as much as I, w- I want to keep Troy up there too, my problem is between him versus Debo, I'm always stuck because I love just like Debo played my position. Yeah. So I'm a little biased. And that is you know that's the Steelers' position yeah. is linebacker. And I'm like, I, I mean, know I got Lambert, but Lambert was inside. And it's like, I got my corner, so that's my secondary guy. Yes. And it's like between Mel versus TP. Mm-hmm. Love them both. Both are elite. They changed, the rule. Rule they changed the rule. They changed the rule. I feel like Mel and Mean Joe have to be on there. Yeah, I'm like, it starts with Mean Joe. Starts with Mean Joe. Starts with Mean Joe. Nastiest, most dominant player Look, in franchise history that, who changed everything. Everything changed when he got here. Mm-hmm. We know Franco. We know Terry. We know they did what they mm-hmm. did. But Mean Joe. Mm-hmm. That's the standard. That's, that's it. That's mean Joe. That's it. So I start there. Like I said, Mel Blunt, because him versus Troy, he got the rule change. change. Both of them were dominant. Both of them were fear. Both of them were player of the years. Both of them were elite. Both of them were first battle Hall of Fame types. Like, we get all of that. Super Bowl champions. Right, yeah. multiple times. Yeah. Well, technically, Mel got more. Yeah. But, but they both got multiple. They got multiple. Yeah. But that was my thing. It's just like, one got the rule change. I can't talk Steelers and not have an inside linebacker. Up here. And that inside linebacker, to me, is Lambert. Ham, you can make case, was a better player. No doubt. But that's if you're trying to do the whole, hey, I'm cooler than you, so I look at it like this. But when we talk about who was more scary out there, what are we talking about? It's like Debo versus Peasy. Okay, Peasy is the better player statistically. It's not even close. But who was more feared? Debo. Debo's fear has everybody thinking that he has more career sacks than Peasy. Standing on the front of the think men's health that. magazine. You would with think two, that Debo got more sacks than Peasy. And it's like 20 sacks different, man. But that's why when I look at Lambert versus Ham, I'm like, yeah, Ham is a more talented, a more efficient. He does that, right? Mm-hmm. Lambert's also just the face. But Lambert's the face. Like when you think Lambert's of the pitch, as, as, yeah. as much as it was Mean Joe Green's defense, when you, think of that steel, when you think of that Come defense, on, you think of his smile missing with the, the missing teeth, teeth on, and, the, and the neck roll. You feel and, me? Yeah. So it's like, I got to have that. And then you're not going to talk Pittsburgh. doesn't have a pass rusher up here, bro. Can't do it. I got to have a pass rusher. Although I did it, but yeah. But it's different for you. <laughs> it's different. I played pass rusher. Yeah, and my reasoning, too, was just Troy's, Troy's, <laughs> my, Troy's my favorite player <laughs> yes. from my era. And, you, know. you know how crazy it would be if I'm like, yo, I played pass rush for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I don't have a pass rusher on my mount. I, mean, I can't do that. Motsi, that's I can't do we that. Didn't, even though he was only here for three years, we, Kevin Green is in okay. the conversation. I can't do that. I mean, it's insane how many people deserve to be in this conversation. But those are our kind of instant answers. Uh, let's.
let's see here, Motsi. We got a couple more here, but I think I don't. Some of these I don't want to shorten. So you want to uh, you want to take a break and we can continue this exercise on the other side. Sounds like a plan to me, man. So what we will do is take a little bit of break here. But when we come back, y'all know we're gonna keep these convos going. Don't touch that. Dallas Arthmos is Wesley Ula, and this is the Steelers Blitz. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, second hour. Continuing these conversations, man. A lot on the table, actually. Sustainability of the offense, defense. Thoughts on uh, this upcoming Jags matchup. I feel real smart using a word like sustainability. Oh, man, all right. Well, I tried to bring some, some multiple syllables into the equation. Sounds like we're talking like a solar paneling and you know what I'm wind power and yeah. sustainability. Mm-hmm. There we go. Big energy guy. Big energy guy. <laughs> I like it, man. But, uh, you know, prior to our last break, we were continuing the conversation with Big Red, letting us know that the time was people's. Mm-hmm. Because we do like your participation, your thoughts, comments, and concerns. So we would like to finish up at least wrapping up what I had left on the table. Sure. You know, because y'all, y'all, like I said, man, y'all came to play. Y'all, y'all was here with us, man. Absolutely. And if y'all here with us, we are going to actually acknowledge y'all, spend some time with y'all. Absolutely. Uh, Bill tweets us and says, I would just like to expedite the process uh, from scripted plays to implementing the adjustments sometime before halftime. <laughs> and and honestly, that's a fair assessment. No doubt. No doubt. And I'm sh- they're thinking the same thing down, on, down at yeah. the facility. The, the, the issue is, though, how fast can these players process that information? Young players typically take longer to process information. Just for context purposes, high school football game. The conversation is we'll correct whatever we see wrong tomorrow. We'll have it corrected by next Friday's game. Right. In college, we got to correct it at the half. That's typically the pace at which you do it, right? The the top tier people. At this level, it's like we wanted to get to you or corrected the next play. But as you can see, we don't have that caliber just yet. Now, they're growing and developing into it, and that's the goal for it. But ultimately, we got to understand the context of where we are coming from right now. So when you say you don't want it to happen at the half, Kenny Pickett right now is still a at-the-half type of player. This offense right now is still at-the-half type of offense. Now, once it can make that next step to consistently being what we deem as varsity, that's when we will start to see those names that you're hoping for taking place a lot sooner. You think about us on defense, we make adjustments a lot faster on defense, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, it's about a series or two, and it's like, all right, we're back. We got it. We didn't correct what was wrong unless it's just a matchup. Sometimes it's matchup, and we know we ain't got nothing we can deal with that, but then we still come up with some type of response to it, and that has been constant. But we're further along on defense. We have a lot more varsity players, and we're a lot more consistent on defense. We don't have the big swings of elite to terrible as frequently as on offense we know it's extremes yes right polar opposites at times we don't always feel like that in defense it feels like we got some rocky points but it doesn't seem to happen as frequently as the offense so i think that that's you know one of the things that we will get 
because the offense wants that. We want that. I know you even want it because you said it. But that is what the standard is at the NFL level. But that is also just the development process. Like I said, high school, you get that thing next week. College, it's at the half. After. Pros, the game. So when these guys continue to step up, when these guys continue to show that they are not just young players, but they're actually starter capable and consistent players, we will see that happening a lot faster in the stadium. Completely agree. It's you know, we've heard the stories in the past, right, of Mike Tomlin grabs the grease board mm-hmm. and talks to the defense and says, forget everything we talked about. We're going to do this, this, and this. Like, it's been so many times when we were out there, and it would be literally, we're two series in the game, and Coach T is like, yo, throw away everything we talked everything about. We talked this is what we're going Here's right what we're now. Gonna do. When they go, and you make the adjustment on the fly. All right, got, we got yep. you, Coach. Bet. We're going to go odd front. We're going to go even front. We're going to yep. cover zero. We're going to do this. We're uh-huh. going to do that. Whatever. That's easier to do when you got Cam Hayward and Larry uh-huh. Ogunjobi and TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and Minka Fitzpatrick and Patrick Peterson and you know dudes that have <laughs> accumulated a lot of experience and time and knowledge and success in the National Football League. Offense, got a lot of guys still learning. We got a lot of rookies, sophomores, guys still on their rookie contract. It's going to take a little bit more time, but hopefully, hopefully, Bill, they're getting there. Steeler Nation 920, our buddy Tyler, mm-hmm. up in Wisconsin. He wants to know, uh, on the back of Mike Tomlin, I, I, I'm sure you probably heard this yesterday, Motsi, but for those who didn't, you know, Mike Tomlin was asked some of, about some of the um, extracurricular penalties that were called in that game on Sunday, and he said, we have to have a better job of having a feel for the officiating crew. Mm-hmm. Every officiating crew is different. Some let those things slide. Some are very strict on it. you got to have a feel for that. So, Tell him to stop seeking comfort. <laughs> in the line of that, you uh, know I let you coast. T. That's seeking comfort. Stop it. You straight? I'm glad you said. We'll, it. We don't care about them officials. Go out there and play the game. Nine twenty wants to know: um, <laughs> Should there be any type of officiating run through versus each each uh, officiating run through ahead of of each game? So I've been a part of organizations where we did do that. You pull up the full crew. There are games. This guy loves to call pass interference. No, seriously, like that this was a guy whole, loves to call hold. That was a whole ordeal. Yeah, we know this dude. This is his wife named his kids. Like I promise, his address you. is one three seven. Like you, you laughing about? It. I'm dead serious. And this was the team meeting room. This was how we would start for a whole season. Before we talked about the opponent, this is the officiating crew. This is what they like to call. These are what they're known for. This is what they also just had last game. It's legitimate, man. Some teams, they do swear by that. In Pittsburgh, we don't put a lot of focus on that because we understand it's human error. We know with human error, you can't bank on when it's going to happen. You just have to hope that law of averages are on your side. And what is the law of averages? If it's 70 plays, we know you might have 10 plays where it's going to be some questionable stuff, offense, defense, referee included. You better make sure you lights out for them other plays, man. Because them other plays, even though they're not going to all be weighted the same, we are believing that the 50 to 60 good plays should outweigh the 10% or the 10 plays of whatever going to happen out there, right? And that's kind of the mindset that we approach some of these games with, specifically here in Pittsburgh. We didn't spend a lot of time worrying about the officials. We didn't spend a lot of time worrying about, oh, the boogeyman, or this is the odds, or this is what they're saying, or, man, you know when you play over here at this time of day, man, this always happens? We don't concern ourselves with that. We would say what? Nameless gray faces. Because Mm -hmm. we feel if we play the game that we're capable of playing, there isn't a team in this league that can handle us. Period. Even with help, even with the officials, even with a call, even with us making a mistake here or there, we still feel like we're the better team. We're going to get out of that thing. Over the course of 60 minutes, our class is going yeah. to shine through. Right. And like you said, every once in a while you'll have a Jesse James play, right? Catch, no catch. Did it get you? Sure. But you look at the majority of the time, 
the rule is the law of averages, man. How many times can we look back and say, oh, yeah, that one fluke play really cost us? You're going to have a couple go your way. You're going to have a couple go against you. The majority, though, if you do what you're supposed to do, you're going to get out them stadiums. Yep. I completely, completely So stop worrying about them referees, man. Yeah, Stop leave, worrying the, about. leave them zebras alone. Because, yeah, for a fact, I don't went into games. Like, I know his whole name, life story. You talk to him, and he's real nice to you. He's still going to give that day going to call. Wallace tweets us and says, Someone tried to tell me last week that you can't win consistently in the NFL without scoring 30-plus points, but don't we have a significant sample size to show the Steelers can, especially right now when the average scoring in the NFL is only 22 points? Ooh, you're not allowed to say the average scoring in the NFL is 22 points. Everybody scores 30 you know that everybody passes for 400 yards per game and multiple touchdowns per game. Our offense is the most broken, decrepit thing ever because you got to score 30 and average 30 I, to win. I still think, too, and maybe you could tell me, maybe I'm going way too out of left field with this. I think last year's Super Bowl is still burned into a lot of people's minds mm-hmm. where it was. I mean, it was a back and forth display of, of offensive excellence between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Did we not have a defensive? Big play that ultimately changed the dynamic of the game, though, because we forget that. You're absolutely right. Jalen Hurts, that's what changed the game. If you look at how both of those teams got to the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. it was leaning on their defense. Okay. The Chiefs completely shut down Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Mm -hmm. Chris Jones was a dominant factor. Yep. The Eagles, they just mangled the Niners. Knocked all their quarterbacks out of the game. And Christian McCaffrey couldn't do anything. And it was their pass rush that did it, too. And their pass rush was relentless. I mean, they beat up on everybody up, up before the Chiefs game because their front four was just getting after the quarterback and attacking mm-hmm. opposing offenses at will. I mean, they embarrassed the Giants. I forget who else they played as well, too. Oh, wait, Giants, Niners. Yeah, and, and, right? And, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they embarrassed the Giants. They were all over the Niners. I know that it was a display of offensive excellence in the Super Bowl, and again, I think that that's stuck into a lot of people's minds. If you're going to beat the Chiefs, you're going to beat the Eagles, you got to be able to score 30-some points. And in moments, that might be true. But they also got there with some lockdown defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, yeah, NFL scoring is down across the board in, in the league this season. Offense is averaging 22 points a game. That's the lowest number we've seen in a few years. So, there you go. Motsi? Uh, that's just, all we got on the tweets listen, for now. I'm just glad that he brought up that the league average currently for scoring points is 22 per game. I'm glad he brought it up. If I would have brought it up, they would have called me an apologist or something crazy. You know how that go, man. They would have you know called you hashtag higher Canada. You know how that goes, man. All right. But anywho, anywho, shout out to the Power Grid. Shout out to the Megawatts, man, for your participation. It was elite, and we greatly appreciate you for that. Donka. But uh, with that being the case, man, I would like to start transitioning this thing. To this upcoming matchup, and more importantly, talking about strengths and weaknesses of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll obviously, you know, finish the rest of this segment and wrap up the show next segment, you know, discussing Ooh, that. But um, I like it. to start off, man, let's talk about some of the strengths of the Jags. That sound like a plan to you, man? Sounds good. And um, to me, man, as much as we love Trevor Lawrence, as much as we're going to talk Trevor Lawrence, to me, Travis Etienne is the guy. He's killing it this year. Etienne's the guy to me, man. Um. Does a great job of just making their offense feel explosive. It keeps it on schedule. We know he's a space player, can make you miss, has the ability to, you know, home run it as well. But I think they do a good job of keeping him involved and playing through him. He is their version of the perfect combo of Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, right? Like that's 
how he plays, that's kind of what we go back and forth between our two backs. Yep. One's a better in, the twi- in between the tackle guy. One's give us that explosive screen game uh, he's, slash. He's giving you, you both. Know? But Etienne gives you both. And rightfully so. He's a first-round pick. We know him. He went right after Nas. So we, we understand exactly who he is and who he is. But to me, he is the one that really makes their offense go, man. Like, love Trevor Lawrence. And I think he's the next guy on that list because big arm, the ability to run, you know, steps up in big moments. We know the pedigree and stuff like that. And they play extremely well together, and rightfully so. They've been together, shoot, dating back to their time at Clemson where they Mm -hmm. won a ton national championship Mm -hmm. and everything. So you can see their trust in each other. But those two guys specifically, man, specifically, I'm like, yo, we got to make sure that we're buttoned up versus them because that – has been how they've gotten out of a lot of these stadiums, man, those two dudes. 100%. Uh, ETN's been huge this year. You know, it's his third year as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to Najee Harris in that conversation, there was a lot of, you know, this is the year for him. He's got to show it this year. Had the injury early in his rookie season and basically had, you know, kind of Calvin Austin-like. You know, there wasn't mm-hmm. really much there from the rookie year to judge upon. Last year, they started to figure it out down the stretch, won enough games, got into the playoffs, won that playoff game in dramatic fashion against the Chargers. I mean, Etienne is a beast. Uh, Mike Tomlin in his press conference yesterday talked about the talented eligibles that the mm-hmm. <laughs> when he labels it like that, the talented eligibles. They are very talented eligibles, might we add? Um, that the that the uh, the Jags have around Trevor Lawrence, and I'm with you. I think that starts with Travis. They've got the chemistry going back to Clemson. He's got the explosion. He, I mean, he's he's been the driving force for that offense. This there's some. You know, remember how kind of Dalvin Cook was in the, in the oh, previous? There's some remember, Dalvin yeah. Cook vibes to his yeah. game right now. I know exactly what you're saying, and uh, and I, I think you're right. They do. Do they have talented at the wide receiver position? Absolutely. Is Trevor Lawrence a former number one overall pick sunshine. for a reason? Oh, he's from California, sunshine. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. But I'm I'm with you. It starts with that run game. It's all predicated upon that run game, and they build from there. And yeah, you know, there's been some questions about the Steelers' ability against the run this season. They're gonna they're gonna have to show and prove on Sunday for sure. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. And you know, the other thing that I didn't really mention about them in terms of strength mm-hmm. is the confidence part. Four wins in a row, no doubt. We've been a part of that here in like Pittsburgh. A different franchise, don't they? When you start winning multiple games and stacking winning performance upon winning performance, you just play with a lot more confidence, a lot more belief. Um, you look at that Saints game. They weren't blowing them out initially. Like it, it, it was a little bit back and forth. Now, obviously, we knew they got the pick six right at the end. Of, I think it was like midway through the third quarter, mm-hmm. and I kind of expanded lead, but it still was highly, you know, contentious. I mean, it was a drop pass. It was a difference in mm-hmm. them winning versus losing. But to me, when I'm watching them, it's like they never lose belief. Watching them a couple weeks ago versus Buffalo, they never lose belief. And as a player that has been a part of teams that have been on runs where you stack seven, eight, they feel like it's their time. I mean, time. at times, 10, 12 yeah. wins, you're just like, yo, we can't lose. They feel like it's their time. Absolutely. You just start to believe. And that's the one thing that concerns me the most. Not necessarily their personnel, not necessarily their execution, because I do feel like we're very comparable. I just think they're slightly ahead with their progression. But to me, it's that dynamic of the confidence of whenever we come in stadiums, home, away, or even across the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crossed the pond. Which they just did. Twice. In two different stadiums, too, by the Twice. way. Twice. West London at okay. the Wembley. Okay. And North London at the Tottenham Hotspur ground. So it's like when teams start to do that, it just feels different. 
And that's the one part for me where I'm looking at us. I'm saying, hey, we rocked off, what, two in a row right now? No. Yeah, two in a row, yeah. yeah. Yep, one pre buy, yep. one post buy. Three, four of the last five. Yeah, correct but, though. But two yeah, we're still row. feeling good though. Yeah, but once again though, you said it right. Four of the last five, but two in a row. That's the part where it's like we're talking consistently stacking. Four, they're at four in a row. You see what I'm saying? In four different stadiums. Okay. So <laughs> two but, different countries. But you said, but that's the stuff that where it's like that's a consistency. And that's when you start to feel it. Right. That momentum's rolling downhill. So even though we're, we're both sitting at what they're four and two, we're four and two. Both in the same situation, but the difference is they're four and two. They've gotten to it a little bit differently than, you know, how we've come about getting ours. Ain't nothing wrong with it. You know, we're just going to have to add a little, uh, little. Oh, excuse me, five and two. Excuse me on that one. I, I cut them a little short. They lost the first match. They got one and two. Right. They didn't have a bye week. They got it next week, yes. I think, after mm-hmm. this game. Yeah. But that's the only thing. It's like a team that is playing with confidence, a team that is accustomed to winning multiple games in a row. It can. It's contagious. It's, it is. It definitely is. So that's the part, like I said, where just got to keep our antennas up. But those are the the strengths that that I kind of you know see when I'm watching them right now, man. It's actually good to hear from you, man. As no, well I, that, I, man. I'm completely with you. They again, there's only four teams in the NFL that have a better record than the Steelers over their last 15 games. Mm-hmm. The Eagles, that doesn't surprise anybody. The Chiefs, the Niners, those three don't surprise anybody. The Jags, though, you go, oh wow, Whoa. yeah, Whoa. they're. And they, you know, again, they scraped into the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. They won a playoff game. That was their building point. And then they came into this season. They've rattled off four in a row in four different stadiums. Uh, they're feeling good about themselves. They've got belief. Um, they've got, you know, the the guys on offense. They've got the head coach who's now in his second season and has had time to implement there. Mm-hmm. And of course, Doug Peterson has a Super Bowl ring on his finger too. So those guys are believing in what he's selling. Um, it's like I said, it's a different Jags. For, this is not your daddy's Jags that would have one good season in ten years and then fall off the face of a cliff. Like they think they've really got something special built there, and that they're you know their wheels are really off the ground and they're flying right now. No, you're hundred percent right, man. Hundred percent right. But uh, we're not gonna let them just keep flying with their wheels off the ground, feeling all good. We're gonna take this final break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about their weaknesses okay. and ultimately chief keep on what we don't like. So y'all already know, don't touch that down. Arthur Mose, Wesley Euler. This is Stills Nation Radio simulcasting on ESPN 970 AM. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Well, hello, hello. Final segment of today's show. And unfortunately, it has to be a a little bit quicker said segment. You know, every once in a while when the boy, Arthur Motes, is hosting it, you know, my clock manager is... <laughs> we all got our shortcomings. All right. We all got our shortcomings. Right. Yeah, how are you with the challenge flag? Bill? All right, hey. Hey, 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 man. You know why Coach T is my favorite coach? We got a lot of similarities. All right, <laughs> a lot of similarities. Hometown guy. All right, terrible clock management at times, and here we are. But we are still winning. We're still having successful shows, and that's all that matters. All that okay, matters. the standard, the standard. So, with that being the case, we do have a final tweet that I do want to get to because it's from one of our favorite yes. OGs in the biz. They call him P. Ones. That's right. I stole that from you. One of our, you know, one of our day ones, Rebecca, the lit one. Lilitly. Right, now this is the most important question. Of it the is. Day. It is. And we got about she ninety says, seconds. Who has the better hair, Trevor Lawrence or our boy Kenny Pickett? Ooh, I like Kenny. Kenny got the flow. Now Pickens does call him Kenny with the hair. That's what he said when we interviewed him. Kenny with the hair. So I'm with you. Trevor's is nice though. I'm going. Tre- all Trevor's respect to Kenny. Nice. I'm going Trevor, and here's why. 
Because it's nice. It's nice. And it's maintained. Like, Kenny, over the last couple years, he's cut his he's hair short. It. He's, he's cut his hair it. short a couple yeah, times, and then he he'll has. let it grow back out. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor stays same. with the good hair. Yeah, he stays there, 100%. And as someone who's had the same haircut since I was 13 years old, yeah. I admire the commitment. No, nah, respect on that. Respect on that. I do like that. Well, shout out to the lit one. Shout out to Trevor Lawrence, a.k.a. Sunshine's immaculate head of hair, but it's not better than my dog Wesley Euler's hey. hair. Okay? Okay. But uh, with that being the case, man, that will do it, unfortunately, for today's show. We were having an absolute blast. We can talk some weaknesses on Friday. Yeah, we could definitely do that. We could definitely do that. But today, that will do it. We're not going to get cut off. So, shout out to the Power Grid. Shout out to the Mega Watch. Y'all were awesome. Shout out to my producer, Mr. Wesley Euler. Bing bong. One time for the culture. And I can't forget about my partner in crime, the one and only Wesley Euler. Go ears. And with that being the case, you already know where to find us on your 24-7 home of the black and the gold. Stillers. Mm-hmm. Nation. Mm-hmm. Radio. And there it is.